on this episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon. We have triathlon news, including Jordan Rapp going over and doing the most brutal triathlon of them all, the Norseman. We have a woman swimming over 100 miles open water. It's absolutely nuts. We have a new sponsor and a new segment called Bike Bike of the the Week. Week. And also, I've got details on how Lionel Sanders got so fast on the bike and how to use normalized power versus average power and what is variability index. All this and a whole lot more coming up next on this feature-packed episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Let's go. You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Hey there, all you triathlon freaks and geeks, and welcome to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast where we give you tons of tips and tricks to simplify the world's most complicated sport, and we mix in a little bit of Zen to make you a better person along the way. All right, we've got a really cool episode, lots of little things that all add up to be a bunch of really great stuff. We've got triathlon news, sponsor details and a new segment bike of the week i'm really amped about that because we can go a long ways with that Uh, lionel sanders information that i dug out of an interview that i listened to with him and the whole thing about normalized power average power all really good stuff so let's go ahead oh and after that we've got the uh, training log i've got random recordings while i'm out there swimming biking and running i think i might have audio from nationals in ohio youth nationals where kai my 12 year old son went and got top half he got 19th in uh, nationals it's super cool so let's go ahead and get started with some triathlon news. Let's play the newsroom music. Here we go. All right. First off, the Norseman Extreme Triathlon is what they call it. Actually just went down. What's really cool is Jordan Rapp, who is an excellent pro triathlete, world class, went over there and beat the record. This is a full Ironman distance. You swim, you jump from a ferry. And I've done that in three races or so. And uh, so it's really, it's kind of crazy. And you jump in the super cold water, the fjords over there in Norway. I think it might be one of the most northernmost um, triathlons in existence, if not the. And you swim, full Ironman swim, and then you get out and you bike around. And I think the first thing you do is you ride up a mountain <laughs> right from the beginning to the highest point is really near the beginning of the race and from sea level and it's cold and damp and crazy and it's self it's not self-supported you have a support crew team that hands you up your food and water as you as you go and they have rules like you have to wear a certain color vest so cars can see you and um, lights on the on your bike so cars can see you and there's what's really cool is there's uh, video footage this year from it live was recorded live it's like 11 12 hours long it's super cool and um, i've been watching it on the trainer i'm a couple hours in and it's really really impressive but this happened already so i can tell you uh the spoiler alerts get ready uh jordan rap broke the record and he only got third (laughs) 
So a whole bunch of uh, people did really good, and two guys actually beat Jordan. And that's uh, truly amazing. And I think the guy that won was from, he was Norwegian. But he leads us into uh, the bike of the week here in a minute because we're going to detail his bike, which is super cool. Uh, let's see. So the Norseman went down. It's one of those epic races. It's really uh, nearly impossible to get into. I think they only take like 150-something people. But there is video footage from this year that is recorded real-time, and you uh, can sit on the trainer and uh, or the treadmill, whatever you want. You can watch it at home, and it's 11 hours long, and it's on YouTube. And I really, I'm like I said, I'm a couple hours into it and actually really enjoying it. Okay. Also, Sarah Thomas did the absolutely most unbelievable thing and swam over a hundred miles. I think it was 104 miles in Lake Champlain. She did not get eaten by Champ, the uh, Loch Ness monster of the uh, of the Lake of Cham- Champlain. And I've swam in that lake, and one time. Um, Let's see, I was doing nationals there, and the guy that shot the gun off was Jared from Subway before he got in all of his trouble. He looked like he was terrified of us <laughs> all around him, and uh, we are out on a pier. And I think that was 2011 I did that. And I looked across the lake, and I go, oh, that'd be fun to swim across that. And that was the short distance. It's a really long, it's one of these finger lakes. And it's, um, she swam down it and back, which ends up being uh, over 100 miles. I believe that's the record for the longest distance, open water swim. Uh, what's nice is you don't need shark cages. There's fear about lampreys, uh, and these those are the things that look like eels, and they have sucker teeth, sucker mouths with teeth, and they latch on to people, supposedly, maybe, kind of a myth, but might be true, and um, took her 67 hours, 67 hours. And when she, there's video footage of her finishing. You can find it online. And she looks like an astronaut that just landed from space. Absolutely crazy, like difficulty walking. Um, they can't help her to shore. She's got to get herself to shore or else it doesn't count. Imagine that. <laughs> but what's crazy is um, she said that she felt like she actually could keep swimming physically. It's um, mentally the uh, the tiredness. She was super sleepy and wanted and was about to fall asleep, and that was what was wearing on her more than anything. Isn't that crazy? Um, Two hundred to three hundred calories per hour. Carbo Pro, which is maltodextrin, which I keep talking about. And let's see. Oh, the the proves again the theory that once stuff gets crazy long, women um, are not only as good as guys, but a lot of times could be better, which is really interesting stuff, isn't it, men? All right, let's go ahead and get started with our new sponsor and a segment called Bike Bike of the the Week. week. Pokedotty, King of the Mountain! Let's go, King of the Mountain! Come on, let's go! He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know what that means. (laughs) So when I got my Trek Speed Concept, which you would call a super bike, I guess it's a year and a half ago. Um, the first thing I did was say, I need to get insurance on this thing <laughs> because I have to actually pay it off. And the uh, I, I don't want something to happen to it, which actually could because uh, you're out riding on it. And I was going to travel to Ironman Canada and doing uh, Galvez, you know, doing races like all over the place. And your homeowner's insurance does not cover your bike once it leaves your house. And... Uh, 
if it covers how much it covers your bike inside the house is kind of questionable sometimes too. And uh, velo velo insurance, we'll get into details here in a second, but um, they cover your bike in races and in travel, all that extra stuff, right? And so I looked around, found the best insurance company with the best deal, and it was Velo Insurance or Velo Insurance. Got to be clear on that, Velo Insurance, and it's a an insurance company specifically for bikes, and it's run by cyclists. So they know what you're talking about whenever you uh, you got you file a claim or you're trying to get something uh, covered. Uh, most homeowners insurance, you try to tell them that your bike costs. they're going to say, that's insane. (laughs) That's your fault. (laughs) But Velo Insurance understands, and you can work with them, and we're going to get more into that in a minute. But I was uh, talking with them because I have insurance with Velo Insurance, and I said, hey, you guys would be perfect to be a sponsor on Zentri because so many people listen to Zentri that are... Everybody listens and try as a triathlete. Most 99% of us have uh, very expensive bikes, and we need to know about the option, at least, of insuring your bike in case something happens to it, right? And they said, oh, cool. Actually, we'd be really interested in that. How many people listen? Uh, it's all triathletes, and and um, how often do you make your shows? How long have you been making shows? And I gave them all those details, and they said, we are in. This is so cool. So I said, you know what? We ought to do a segment that's actually uh, sponsored by um, VeloSurance, and that way it's a whole lot of fun both ways for everybody around, and let's do it. I think that we should do the first bike on the bike of the winner of the Norseman Triathlon, the guy who managed to beat Jordan Rapp, and what kind of bike this guy is riding. All right, the athlete is Lars Christian Vold, and I'm going to put this picture on the blog, zentrathlon.com, so y'all down here in Texas can check it out for yourself so you can see actually what I'm detailing here. It is a Scott Plasma, and I'm going to give my opinion on how the bike is set up so that we can all uh, have a discussion here about the details, things that are obviously awesome, and um, also some things that maybe you could use and... Uh, just some ideas right here, and it's just some observations. All right, he is on a Scott Plasma, and it's all blacked out. And I prefer white bikes for um, or light-colored bikes, so they're easier to be seen in traffic, like bright red, white uh, bikes that are bright colors for safety. But this one's all blacked out, and it's uh, which looks stealthy. You know, looks cool. But let's see, he's got a bento box across the top, a really long bento box, which looks like it's, um, for some reason, he's got electrical tape holding it together. So if the top pros are doing that, don't be afraid to use your electrical tape. He's got electronic shifting. It looks like Shimano uh, Di2 running on the uh, aero bars. The cockpit looks like a 3T cockpit. And then uh, the Scott Plasma is super cool because it has a... um, it has the water uh, box, water bladder thing, whatever you call it, a uh, nose cone, all integrated into the front of the bike. So it's nice, smooth, aero foil. It does not have disc brakes, which actually at that race, I don't think the Scott Plasma comes with disc brakes, but I could see that brace uh, wanting disc brakes. And he's riding a Zip 40, no, it looks like a Zip 808, full carbon. 
looks like a Firecrest on the front and a Zip Disc on the rear. And this, this race has a mountain climb. And the question comes up all the time, should I ride a disc or not at this race? Always ride a disc. If you end up at the same elevation that you start, then a disc is worth it. And if you, I ride one all the time. And if you, uh, if you ride it all the time, you'll learn to control it in the wind. And it's actually not a problem at all. And let's see, he is decked out in white, which seems to be a European thing. Uh, white uh, outfits, uh, they get wet from sweat or water poured on you, and you can instantly see through them, which uh, some people perceive as a problem, which I don't, <laughs> I don't disagree with. Could be a problem, maybe not. Um, you can see that he's got one arrow bottle in this picture on the frame, and uh, it's an Arundel, A-R-U-N-D-E-L, an Arundel, and it's actually got the older style top on it. There's one with a, a newer style top with a silicone tip on it that's softer on the teeth, which I use, which uh, you may like as well. But I do on my own bike a uh, dedicated aero bottle and then a cage for round bottles on the, on the seat tube. And that way I can pick up stuff as I go. But uh, if I'm doing time trial racing or something like that, I uh, do that exact same water bottle on it. He's wearing a heart rate strap, which you can clearly see through his, uh, through his kit because, like I said, it's white. <laughs> you can see almost the fibers in his muscles. And let's see. Oh, through this picture, you can barely see it, but I was looking at some other stuff about Lars, and um, he does a Garmin 920 uh, XT, it looked like, um, but the kind where you can wear it on your wrist, and then you can twist it off your wristband, and then put it on your bike, um, because the watch face is actually removable, and you can move it, and I both like that, I mean, that's both smart, but also, uh, I'm surprised he doesn't have a dedicated bike computer and instead and uh, but relies entirely on his watch the entire way. And it's hard to tell if he's riding clinchers or tubulars. Somebody else might be able to chime in and say, but he does have a CO2 cartridge coming out of the butt end of his saddle. And the whole thing looks just super, super streamlined. His aero position is just flawless, absolutely flawless. His uh, upper torso is all lined up. But anyway, that is Lars Christian Vold's Scott Plasma with zip. Uh, 808 in the front, disc wheel in the back, all blacked out, looking really tight, man. Looking really, really good. So that is our Zentri Bike of the Week brought to us by Velosurance. All right, beep. I had to do a little bit of a time jump there. I had to go to Houston and pick up Kai from a flight in from Sweden. He went there for, I think, about 10 days with my mom. Uh, neither one of them have been to Sweden before, but we have lots of relatives from Sweden. Uh, my great-grandfather came over from Sweden in the early 1900s and uh, started the whole family over here. His first name, no, his last name was Brett, and Axel Brett, and that's what um, that's who I'm named after. So it was really cool for them to do all that. And then I had to turn around and... Uh, drive Kai up to Tyler, Texas. If you're f if you're familiar with Texas, people drive all over Texas without thinking about it. I'm I'm not one of those people. I definitely think about it, and 
I hate driving all that all that distance, but drove like three hours up to Tyler, and it was uh, Emily's dad's 75th birthday party, and she helped put on a massive birthday party for him, so that was super cool. We must have had 50, 60 people there, and then spent the night at the farm, and turned around and drove back here this morning, starting around 7.30 this morning, and then worked on cleaning the pool and all kinds of other things. The whole time I was driving around East Texas, I had the bikes on the back of the car. I had my bike and Kai's bike, both of our nice uh, road bikes. Um, and I'm certainly glad that there's such stuff out there like Velo Velosurance. <laughs> We had the bikes on the back because we, um, Kai wanted to go for a ride as soon as he could. We rode around Kingwood a little bit um, in, in the Houston area, went and got some haircuts and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Did the Swedish thing and rode our bikes everywhere. But anyway, I wanted to uh, read a little bit of the copy that Velosurance sent to me because they describe it uh, the best. I'm a big fan of these guys. Uh, Velosurance, here you go, man, all this crashing on carbon bikes. Ooh, man. Okay, here's here's a sad but true fact. We are all riding bikes that cost more than our first car, and for many of us, more than our current car. <laughs> and none of us would even consider driving our car without insurance, so why not bike why not bike insurance to cover for theft, crash damage, or loss in transit between home and event sites? Carbon fiber does not react well to sliding across the black top ouch, or crashing into a downed rider. And if that ever happens, there's a company that can save you for those big out-of-pocket repair bills. At Kai's race uh, the other day in Ohio, which again, we had the bikes on the back of the car, which could get damaged or stolen. The, um, the crazy thing was uh, there was a wreck and just the sounds of carbon fiber, you know, like uh, I think like 10, 15 kids went down. And carbon fiber just scraping across the pavement. It both sounds like injuries, and it also sounds like money being having to be spent. And just the fractured bones and carbon fiber just sounds so expensive and painful to everybody. Okay, so anyway, back to the back to the copy. Uh, Velosurance was founded by riders who offer owners of high value bikes. That's you. A complete bicycle insurance policy that is specifically designed to protect against all the risks that we face every time we ride our bikes. You no longer have to worry about whether another insurance policy you own will cover your bike because all Velosurance does is insure bikes. And since 2012 has insured over 30,000 high-value bikes and their owners. Insuring your bike might seem excessive, but accidents do happen. And having insurance lets you ride with peace of mind. That's the truth. And the confidence that if the bike is lost or damaged, that you own a Velosurance policy. There are optional coverages available, like worldwide coverage. Medical to cover the gap between what you have to pay when your health insurance company picks up 100%. Liability protection if you are ever faced with a lawsuit related to your bike. Yeah. I'm going to sue you the way you ride your bike. <laughs> Believe me, it's happened. It probably happens way more than you think. Uninsured motors coverage and even stranded cyclist coverage that is a free 35-mile ride home for you and the bike if you get stranded out on the road. The cost for roadside coverage is $10 a year, cheaper than a pair of socks. 
That's true. It is cheaper than Paramount Songs. A lot cheaper. Okay, so the short story is, Velo Assurance is worth a peace of mind, is owned and staffed entirely by writers, offering a stand-alone policy available in 47 states and Washington, D.C. Who are those other three states, and what is their problem? Quotes and policy purchases are available online at VeloAssurance.com, V-E-L-O-Assurance.com, and offers USAT and USAC members, I was like, what is this? It's cycling, duh. Members, a 10% discount, a 10% credit. And you, all you got to do is email Dave at VeloAssurance.com and he will personally, see that, that wasn't like info at VeloAssurance.com or data at VeloAssurance.com. It's Dave, Dave at VeloAssurance.com and he will personally review your quote and see if you qualify for even more additional discounts. All right, so, Big props to VeloAssurance for being our big new sponsor. Super excited to have them around and watching over us. Okay, for one of the topics of the show, I wanted to cover how Sanders, Lionel Sanders, got so fast on the bike. Lionel Sanders is a Canadian professional triathlete that is just ridiculously powerful on the bike and just crushes everything in races that have to do with the bike and he's actually picked up his swimming and we're actually get we're gonna get to that in a second and he's um he's just uh, he's just amazing amazing cyclist and his power numbers are out of this world and i was listening to an interview number uh, an interview with him on um the brick sessions podcast and this is a podcast that's done i believe by an australian that lives in whistler and this guy's a legit uh, really good Iron Man himself. I'm not sure if he ever went pro or not, but he's a, a decently fast age grouper, at least. And he had um, Lionel Sanders on his uh, show, and I've gotten to the point where this—I've uh, made a commitment on this show that I want to give—I want to give details on where when I find something really cool on another show or an article that I've read, I want to uh, highlight it on this show. I make a note, I go write it down, and then I say, make sure you talk about this on the show. Lionel Sanders is so fast on the bike because the bike is about power, and his dad was a power lifter, and he grew up watching his dad do squats so hard that his dad, I think he said his dad would throw up from doing squats so hard. Now, the throwing up thing aside, and this is all on this uh, this this interview on the uh, Brick Sessions podcast with Lionel Sanders. But the the whole point is the amount of power that you can build because of doing very focused work work on the legs is is astounding. And you know there's somebody else that's also a freak of nature on the bike, and her name is Angela Nath, and I believe she said her dad was a power lifter, as well, or some some kind of weightlifter, um, maybe a bodybuilder competition guy or something, but anyways, would do tons of leg work in the gym, and she did too, and so Lionel did did too, and the the whole thing is the amount of power that you can build by doing uh, really powerful uh, leg work does translate over to the bike, and one of the reasons that. Um, 
out of all the three sports, I am uh, freakishly faster at swimming than I am on uh, biking and running is because I was the one guy on the swim team that also went over to the gym and lifted weights and did uh, very swim-specific lots of of weightlifting, and that generates muscle strength. So when I get in the pool, I don't get tired anywhere near as soon as somebody else because I've built up it only took like two years, three years of building up um, this upper body strength that was very focused on um, on on uh, the pull. And also, I went to military school, and they, and also in the core in college. But the uh, the whole focus is push ups and pull ups. You get, you do push ups constantly for being punished, and then you get so good at them that you just do them for fun almost. And then, uh, and, and all these pull-ups and stuff. So the strength that is in there uh, translates directly into swimming. And the strength that uh, translates uh, into biking is this uh, power from, from doing the squats. And the biking is, is unlike, it's unlike uh, swimming and, I don't know about swimming, but it's definitely unlike running where people start to slow down running as they get older. Maybe in their 40s, they start to slow down. Maybe 30, uh, mid-30s, you know, and it's an elasticity kind of thing. But biking is so power-dependent that, and not uh, elasticity-dependent, that people keep getting faster and faster and faster on the bike well into their 50s and sometimes even 60s, they can continue to get faster on the bike because of the power requirement. And you can keep building leg strength. So that's what I'm trying to offer you is a glimmer of hope. If you're like, man, I could never be like that. No, you could. You totally could. If you go to the gym and do squats and leg extensions and hamstring curls, you will definitely notice a, um, a definite improvement in your uh, biking. And also, there's something else that Lionel Sanders did. Was if you've noticed in his past uh, couple races, he's gotten a lot faster in the swim. He's his uh, weakness was definitely uh, being dropped on the um, coming out of the water and then having to uh, catch up with everybody. By the time he's you know four or five minutes behind, and he's done something that is uh, a little bit of a trick up his sleeve. <laughs> It's a little bit expensive too, but he got an endless pool and put it in the basement of his house. Endless pool is the short little pool that has a motor in the end of it that generates a uh, nice current, and he's now able to swim a whole lot more, and also the endless pool has mirrors in it, and you can uh, look down and see your form. You can look to the side and see your form. You look to the front and see your form. And it definitely cleans you up. And this is definitely a thing that's making Sanders a lot faster to swim. It's cleaning up his swim. And uh, swimming is one of those things where you just do it. If you just swim a lot, you'll get a lot faster. And it looks like it's working. So how about that? All right, next subject I want to talk about. Uh, normalized power versus average power. And what is variability index? Okay, this one could go on a long time, so I'm going to try to keep it really short. Normalized. Okay, so average power. Let's start with average power. Average power is, um, let's say, somebody riding along. Um, 
we'll use some of my recent bike rides. So uh, average power, 220 watts, 230 watts, 200 watts, whatever. It's um, it's definitely uh, done in, usually in watts, you need a bike meter, power meter to tell you this. And it's just the very, very average number that um, you've been recording along. Um, you know, when you go uphill, it's a bigger number. When you go downhill, it can be zero. You can be coasting along. And so your average power is um, pretty helpful, but it doesn't really show you your your peaks and valleys and um, how hard you were going at times. You could go, you could be going really hard, which could wear you out, and then really easy, which you're, then you're not going very fast. And um, somebody, two people could have the same average power at, over a distance. And they actually have uh, two very, very different speeds because one person is not pedaling efficiently and the other, the other person is. One person is wasting lots of energy in the wrong places. Imagine uh, um, pedaling really hard downhill. Well, you're not going to go that much faster than somebody else that's coasting downhill if it's, uh, if it's steep enough downhill. And then um, not one person pedaling pretty hard going uphill and then the other person not pedaling uh, hard uphill, you're gonna, the person pedaling hard uphill is going to cover is going to crest that hill and get over it a whole lot faster. And then if he doesn't pedal hard on the downhill, he's going to be still be going kind of fast because he's coasting downhill. Um, versus the other the other person that if he doesn't pedal very hard uphill, he's going to go really slow up that hill. And then once he gets to the top of the hill, if he pedals really hard, he's really not going to go that much faster than if he was coasting downhill. So um, where where you apply your power is actually really important. And in triathlon, um, you want to be very even with how you apply your power because um, you've got to run afterwards. The bike portion is only about half the race. And if you wear yourself out and don't pedal efficiently, you can use up your legs and then you don't really have much left for the run. So there's this, uh, there's a different kind of average power called normalized average power. And what they do is they take into account accelerations because accelerations are like death by a thousand cuts. Every time you um, accelerate really hard, well, that's, that fatigues your legs more than if you um, gradually accelerated. And this is like if you hammer it to catch up with somebody or you come up to a hill and you just work your way up that hill really, really hard, harder than you really need to. And uh, big jumps in going from average to uh, fa- faster than average is um, what causes this number to go up. And basically, it, it can also be called like a weighted average power, I think. Uh, different different things will have different name for it, different softwares. But it's, it's pretty obvious when you see it. And... Uh, it adds points to your power if you're surgy. <laughs> and so if you look at your power, my average power for a ride can be 210 watts, but then my normalized power can be 220 watts, 230 watts. And what it's doing is it's adding, if I, if I power, if I accelerate to go up a hill, um, then it goes, well, you know, you didn't really need to do that. So we're going to add a couple more points here. And then, um, 
there's uh, somebody passes me on the bike and then I go, whoa, I got to catch that guy, you know, so I stand up and pedal really hard and he goes, oh, we got to add a couple more points there. And then the next thing you know, you've got more points for your normalized power. And basically normalized power is how did the bike ride feel to your legs um, versus just regular plane average power felt to your legs because of these surges. And that normalized power is really the number that you ought to keep a look, keep your eye on whenever you're doing, for example, an Ironman, and you want to see, um, uh, you want to finish with a, a certain bike average. You know, you want to do the whole thing at uh, 220 watts or something like that, and then uh, because that's more realistic, that's the more realistic number of what you're doing to your legs. But the thing is is to have a good run, you want to keep your normalized power as close to your average power as you possibly can. And that's called your variability index. And that's a number that about half the bike computers will show, your VI. And what that is, is your um, normalized power, which is a bigger number, right? That's one where it adds, the computer adds uh, penalty points, (laughs) Uh, for you accelerating needlessly too hard. And then I wouldn't say needlessly, but just, you know, it's like, well, that really felt you went uh, 250 watts there for a few seconds, but because you jumped up to 250 watts from 200 so fast, um, that felt like 260 watts, 270 watts. But then um, it takes that normalized power number, that bigger number, and then divides it by your average watts, you're just plain calculated watts. And uh, you end up with a number, if you ride very smoothly and don't accelerate too much, and the way you should if you're doing a non-drafting, longer race, and uh, it, it comes up with a number about 1.06 or lower. And my last uh, bike ride riding around, a uh, long ride, I did a three-hour ride last weekend, then it was a 1.06, and that's the edge of um, you know accelerating too much up up hills. Now, the um, and that's the number you want to target 1.06 or lower. And you can um, if your bike computer doesn't show uh, if your bike computer doesn't show variability index as a field, you can show normalized power and average power, and just kind of keep an eyeball on the uh, two of them and just try to keep the gap between the two of them um, as small as possible. Uh, A little bit of a gap is okay, but you just want to keep it down there. And if this is your first time messing around with it and you go on a ride and you're like, whoa, holy cow, my my numbers were way set. My variability index was uh, 1.10, you know, 1.12, 1.8, 1.08, you know, like a much higher number, then yeah, that means you've got work to do. Right, and mine used to be like that, and I worked and, and got mine down. And in fact, I got mine down so far that one time I did a, um, I did a pretty flat race. I did Galveston, and um, there's a tiny little hill over 56 miles. Uh, but I worked so smoothly. I've been working on it for years that um, my variability index, when I looked at it after the race, because uh, I wasn't really doing this on purpose, but was a negative. Or it, wasn't it was uh, it was below one. It was 0.99. <laughs> so my average watts was higher than my normalized power, and that's because to calculate normalized power, there's a little bit of lag in it because it's got to look at some numbers and things, and it gets it gets a little bit behind. 
And uh, it's just, so there's a flaw in how it calculates things. And I managed to uh, ride so so smoothly on flat ground and not surge to try to catch somebody. You know, it's just a self-control thing that actually had a uh, 0.99. And believe me, I did not start off that way. And uh, But when I go on longer rides with people, I easily um, can see what's going on. Newer cyclists, they take off. Let's say you, you ride with a group and it's usually uh, younger males, and they go, first hill, they, they take off, and then the second hill, they take off up the hill, and then about third hill, you probably catch them, I'll catch them you know, about halfway up the third hill, and then on the uh, fourth hill, uh, you know, like 30 miles into the ride, uh, they're ready to call a car, and ha- they're blown out and, and have themselves picked up, and you're just coasting and, and riding and, and having a good old time because you didn't race up every hill like they did. Okay, now let's mention uh, Salt Stick, and then I've got an email to read you, a nice long email. It's really cool. Uh, Salt Stick, let's see, we have a website you can go to, saltstick.com slash zentry, and you get there, and the password is zentry. Salt Stick is your electrolyte supplement. I love them. I actually just drank some water with the Salt Stick chewables in them. It's like this uh, citrus, like lemon-lime kind of flavor. It's so good. But let's see, you get 25% off going to uh, saltstick.com slash zentry. And the other day on my long bike ride where it got really hot, I actually did not do enough electrolytes, and I started getting cramps, just like ding, ding, zing, zing, all over my body. And... Um, actually, I think on that ride, I did uh, just sea salt, and I did not do salt stick. And salt stick isn't just sodium. It's not just salt. It's got potassium and magnesium and stuff that I really could have used <laughs> on that ride. <laughs> and that was my fault, man. I, I had all the salt stick in the world sitting there, and I just was like, well, I'm just going to go for a ride. It won't be that bad. And, oh, my gosh, I felt so bad the rest of the day. Um because of the electrolyte, uh, the lack of electrolytes. And so uh, salt stick definitely would have fixed that had I taken it. But let's see, there's a, um, there's a study that showed uh, athletes that took salt stick finished a 70.3 race in an average of 26 minutes faster than the control group. Of course they did, because, man, especially in the summer, you need your electrolytes. We're talking about it at work about some somebody said salt's bad for you i was like what are you crazy not if you're a triathlete man you couldn't eat enough uh sodium if uh if if you could put one of those like cattle uh, salt licks on your kitchen table you could probably just sit there and eat that thing every meal but anyway i came up with a tagline make your water stick with salt stick it's pretty cool stuff and again um saltstick.com slash zentry. It's so cool. My favorite thing is the capsules because you can put as much or little in your water. And, um, oh, man, the rest of the day, I had I ate some salt stick capsules and some chewables and uh, after that ride, and I started feeling better, so much better. And, yeah, but, I mean, after the fact, it's not the way you should do it. You should be smart and do it ahead of time, like I could have. And let's see, there is a store locator. If you go to um, shop salt stick. There is, yeah, shopsaltstick.com. There is a store locator, and you can find Salt Stick all around the world. Okay, let's read this email from our buddy, Sheeran P. Okay, he says, hey, Brett, about a month ago, I finished 
my first Ironman distance triathlon. He did a hits triathlon Hudson Valley. You know, I've never done one of those. I want to do one. And I owe you a deep, deep depth <laughs> debt of gratitude for your tips and words of wisdom. Having only done one other Olympic distance triathlon four years ago, well, that was a while back, and never running in a marathon, I feel, man, you ended an Ironman? Dude, you're crazy. That's really, that's brave of you, man. Congratulations. Uh, I feel a, a huge sense of accomplishment, exclamation point. It also helped that I came in first in my age group, 40 to 44. Are you kidding me, dude? I turned 40 in June, and instead of getting a fancy sports car, which you'll get bored of immediately, I committed to finish an Ironman, which you're an Ironman for the rest of your life, by the way. I'm already a fairly seasoned cyclist. Which helps. <laughs> Hell yeah, it helps. Uh, but I could not swim or run for the life of me. I started training about a year ago. This guy started training a year ago and won his age group. Dude, check that out. That is awesome. And really kicked it into high gear in the last six months, working mostly on my swim and run limiters. Very smart. I've read Joe Friel's Going Long. But it was discovering your podcast, Brett Blankner of Zen in the Art of Triathlon, and listening to your you you blah during workouts that really rounded out both my preparation and confidence going into the race. Yes, dude, confidence. It's just a race, man. And uh, let's see, between salt stick, maltodextrin, tire choice, pacing strategies, or managing to train consistently while having a job and a family, I learned a lot from you. I especially appreciate your encouragement and positive zen, zen, <laughs> zen attitude toward racing, fitness, and life. They have helped. They helped not only while training, but during the event itself. Thank you, dude. That's pretty cool. I'm glad to go back to regular cycling for a while, but I've definitely been bitten by the bug, and I'm sure I'll be back to triathlon in due course. Keep up all the great work! Exclamation point, Sharon uh, from New York. And let's see, there was something in here I wanted to uh, reiterate. Oh, the part where it says uh, really rounded out both my preparation and confidence going into the race. Yes. Preparation is confidence. When you hold your posture, when you walk into a room and you know what you're doing, you walk into a store that you've been into a thousand times and you, it's like a grocery store and you already know what you're buying. You know that walk that you got of confidence and that relaxation and how you hold yourself and your spine and uh, kind of leaning back a little bit and you can walk casually. That once That's how you feel once you've trained enough and your numbers are, are good enough, and you've uh, been listening to, to this podcast, other triathlon podcasts, and you're nice and calm, and the day's going to go the way it's going to go. And especially if you've done long bike rides and then run off of them so you know what is going to happen on race day. And you've been, um, you know the difference between uh, Watt's uh, average watts and normalized power and can keep your variability index down so that you can have a, a nice even ride and then go for the run. You know how to keep yourself cool. One of the tips that I've give, given a million times is dribbling ice water over your head because you've been running with a water bottle in your hand, right? It's all in the Zentri, in the Zentri podcast. It's all here for you. And I am so stoked to get that email because people are listening. All right, this is what I want to do. 
We're going to go into the training log. Got some swim, bike, run fun. Swim, bike, run, and fun. How about that? Got some swim, bike, and run fun in there for you. Some little tips kind of here and there. Uh, a lot of thoughts after running in the dark, in the heat. Oh, man, it's so hot in Texas right now. The other day, uh, yeah, that bike ride, I walked inside, and it was 121 heat index. It's like Death Valley. Did I mention that at the top of the show already? Anyway, that really, <laughs> that was something else, man. Anyway, um, and then after that, I'm going to read uh, some donations and another email show all right let's go ahead and get started with the training log here we go you are entering the centrite training log zone Kuneli. hi everybody my name is brett i'm a trash i decided it's time i got some friends more suited to my status but joe we've been friends for years hey we all make mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise! Exercise! Yeah! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself! Alright, training log, August 4th, 5th? Hold on, let me stop my watch. And we'll get to it in a second. What the day is, I'm in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, Sharonville, actually. And been on the road up here for nationals and youth nationals and doing a I'm doing a run in the parking lot of the hotel next to my hotel as soon as I got here well first thing when you pack for a trip bring running bring running shoes and running clothes because if anything you can do that and then we got to this hotel and I surveyed the parking lot first thing I did I was like is this parking lot runnable no then yesterday while um, got up in the morning and ran on the treadmill, facing a wall, you know, it's kind of boring. Listening, listening to a podcast, the model, I'll have to remember what it is. I like it a lot. It's really good. And the model of health or something. But then um, yesterday walked somewhere to go grab something to eat at a Bob Evans and walked past this other hotel and I was like, this hotel has a huge parking lot, big parking lot. And I thought maybe tomorrow I will run the parking lot. And so I did, I just finished one hour in a hotel parking lot running. These are, these are tips here to um, make your workout go by faster. Uh, weaving in and out of the islands to make it more interesting and just fun and uh, going one direction around the hotel for 10 minutes and then turning around and doing the uh, other direction for 10 minutes and I kept alternating uh, back and forth guy in the parking lot smoking a cigarette watching me uh, exercise <laughs> and there's another guy who just threw trash in the grass. That's nice. And then also, to make it interesting, every 15 minutes, I would stop and do a set of push-ups and a set of squats. And I'm saying set because set depends on you. 
right now for me, it's 10. Uh, recovering from my broken arm, that's as many as I can do and uh, feel safe with that. But I could see it getting to be more. So just squats, just touch your ass to the ground, stand back up, try to keep your arms still, works the legs, and then when you're done, just uh, keep on running. So, I'm not getting sweat running in my ears. But that's how you do it. Let's go inside and see what Emily's doing. Out bang. All right, we got some music in the background all of a sudden. Hey, what's happening? Where are we? Uh, Tri-Nationals. Okay, do you even know where you are? No. <laughs> You're so into it? You've lost yourself? Sure. Okay, we are at Youth Nationals. Are you youth or junior? Uh, youth. Youth in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's your race day. You got to watch the older kids yep. race yesterday. Elite. Elite. And we looked up times last night of the race course of your uh, times last year, right? You're gonna try to beat last year? Yes. What, what are you gonna try to get this year? Third, uh, like 20 something. But what's no, the other thing? Oh, get top 10. Get top 10? So I can, it's always a good goal. I always tell people to try to get top 10. Well, also so I can get a bike and a helmet. <laughs> we've got a deal going. If you get top 10, we've put a bike on layaway, a giant propel advanced one. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're going to pay towards it as you get closer. But if you get top 10 in this race, that means you're going to get it ASAP, right? Water yeah. All right. 77, 77 degrees. degrees. Really cold yesterday. Wetsuit optional. Wetsuit optional. That's great. No, they won't. They won't count that. Yeah, they will. No. Yeah. And That's really cold. Then, let's see. What else we got going on? Oh, you guys warmed up a little bit? Now, I come from an Ironman background, and our warm-ups are to kind of, like, stand around and look. Such a warm-up. Stand, stand in line at the port can So it's a little tough trying to get you guys, uh, trying to remember how to get you guys warmed up for the short stuff, right? So we did arm spins. You jogged a little bit. Yeah. And there are kids doing what on bikes? Trainers. Trainers, right? We didn't bring a trainer with us. It's one lap, and it's, like, right down there. Yeah. So, so it's, it's probably like really a, short. Is it a mile or two miles? Probably less than that. It, right. feels, it looks like less than that. Right. Because I started from here, and it took you about like two minutes to get so done. So because this is so fast, right, no watches, they're timing you. So we don't need that, right? Mm -hmm. And I told you to go by breath. Yeah. If you're dying for air and it's not the last part of the run, yeah. then that's probably just a little bit too hard. Yeah. Right? There's a girl just went by on a fat bike. Nice one. Here's a bunch of kids doing the high steps. They're going by. How many that. kids do you think are going? Oh, for my age? Yeah. About 50. Oh, 50? No, like for my, like Yeah, 13. 13? Yeah. Yeah? Or probably less than that. Dude, so you could totally get top 10. Yeah. What'd you get last year? 39. Out of 50? I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. so. I think there may be a, a hundred kids your age. But anyway, you were on a mountain bike team this spring? Right? And you almost got top 10 in some mountain bike races? I did get top 10. You did? I thought you got 11. Oh, yeah. Okay, and then... So anyway, 10th is in reach. 
Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. Okay. So are you going to go do some high steps and stuff? I'm going to talk about what I worked out this morning. Yeah. Peace. Before, peace. Out. Out. Good luck. Thank you. Right. And I'll see you in a second anyway. Yeah. I'm just recording. Like 10 minutes. Yeah. All right. Off in the horizon, I see a pop-up pod. People might want to check that out. It looks like a pop-up tent that you can change clothes in really quick. That's pretty smart. I think I've seen that before, but I should mention it. It looks like a pretty handy way to change clothes. Okay, so we are on day three of trying to work out while on the road. So I thought I'd give you tips on that. And also, it's on not giving up, not wimping out, and pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. You make your own environment. Your environment influences you, right? But you can also make your own environment. Got up this morning for the uh, third time in a row to go run. And we're doing Kaizen, which is always fun to say. And it's where you make a slight improvement on yesterday. So yesterday I ran around a hotel parking lot and having run it yesterday, now today I know how to do it a little bit better. So I had a much slightly improved better route and knew what I was getting into and did an hour and I think it was uh, yesterday I did 30 push-ups and squats stopping every like 15 minutes or so and um, I don't, it was on a schedule I just don't remember what it was yesterday and doing some uh, push-ups I think it was like push-ups every 15 minutes and then um, squats every 15 minutes and then alternating and by the end of my run, and then when I was walking back to the hotel room, I did another set. So I ended up with 30 of each. 30 push-ups, 30 squats. While <laughs> Kai's running sideways in front of me. You look good, dude. Keep it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You. <laughs> Don't get a thorn in your foot. Okay. And <laughs> and then... Um, What's the other thing? Uh, so today, so I got a friend and he's like, I tweeted and Instagram my uh, workout today. I did 40 of each, right? Just 10 more than yesterday. Just one more set than yesterday. My goal is to get up to 60. 60 is plenty of each. And um, especially because I've got that left elbow injury, you know, I got to be careful. I got to do gradual improvement. And... My buddy said, dude, you're a beast. And I said, what, for the push run? That's what I call it, push run. Hashtag push run is where you run and then stop and do push-ups every mile, every 10 minutes, every 15 minutes, whatever you want. And I've added in squats uh, just to balance it out. And he said, yeah, uh, I want to do that. And I said, dude, it's way easier than you think. All you got to do is start off with one set, This, you know, your next run. And you could do it at the end of the run, the middle of the run. It doesn't really matter. Just do one set. Emily's talking to Kai. She's mothering him from afar. She's okay. And then he. Um, and then next, next run, you do you do another set. Now, what's a set? A set is you do it until it um, you're almost a failure. It kind of burns a little bit, right? So if you don't do a lot of push-ups, uh, it could be three push-ups, right? Um, it could be 15 push-ups. doesn't really matter. For me right now, it's about 10. So I do... Uh, when I hit about 10, um, I can tell I'm kind of done. 
and that's good enough for right now because with the elbow injury. But um, when I used to do it a lot more often, I would either do 12 or 15. I can't remember. So I need to work my way back up to that. And then I'll be happy. But it's really cool. Whenever I finished... Oh, and I did my final set in the hotel room. And then Kai, it's motivational to kids to see adults exercising and doing something badass. So I saved my last set on purpose for Kai to see. And then uh, when I was doing mine, he, he got down and did um, a set of push-ups with me too. Right? How many push-ups did you do this morning, Kai? Six. Six. See? Just you did a set, whatever. I didn't want to do them, really. <laughs> then why'd you do it? Because I wanted to do them at that second, but then I didn't want to. Oh, see? You're like, a, you're like was... a butterfly. You could go here, you could go there. Yeah, and the butterfly with a really bad tan line from watch. Oh, yeah. Watch. Look, Mom's taking a picture of us while we're talking. Look at Colin. Professional. He's a beautiful butterfly, too. No, not beautiful. <laughs> He's like a scarecrow. <laughs> Oh, it's starting to rain a little bit. Hey, Kai, when you're doing going through turns, I know. You told remember, me this you can even pop a foot out of your paddle if you feel safer. No. All right. Anyway, that's it for now, and we'll be back later. Out, bang. I heard it, and he said, the water is currently 77. All right, folks, we are just finishing mountain biking. There's a train coming. I'm getting in the car. Maybe turn on some AC. See what that feels like. I'm gonna get under, get under a shade tree. Drink a little bit of ice water, hold on. Got lots of little tips today. You like these Yeti cups? Oh, there's a train. You like these Yeti cups with their uh, super insulation? When you go on a hot ride, leave one full of ice, ice water in your car, that thing will still be cold and full of ice whenever you are done. Let's get into this shade here. I'm driving off-road right now. Woo! So I mountain biked two hours. One hours, one hours, one hour and 58 minutes. Oh, there's a cat. <clears throat> oh, look at that. Okay, now I'm in the shade. I always think that's a snake hanging from that tree. It looks like an old inner tube. Oh, we got train noise in the background. Fitting and College Station. 20 miles and uh, over two hours, 21 miles, I think. A little bit of gravel road riding and then right into the mountain biking and then wrap it up with some gravel road riding. There was a... Um, Got a lot of wind coming through here. A breeze. Let me slow it down. There was a uh, trail runner woman that was out there and was lost there towards the end. So I gave her um, some of my water, and then I checked on her uh, one more time on her way back, without being creepy, <laughs> to make sure she made it back to the trailhead. And uh, when she got back to the car, I was wrapping up my bike ride and putting my stuff together. And she said, "Thank you so much. You saved my life." <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it did feel good to get uh, this window down a little bit more. Come on, window. It did feel good to be able to help somebody. And um, so two great things about Camelbacks. 
Well, a bad thing is, you know, they can get uh, nasty inside if you don't clean them or whatever. But did you know you really don't have to clean them hardly ever if as soon as you're done with it, you put it in the freezer. And you know what's super cool is if you put some water in the bottom of it and then put it in the freezer, the next time you use it, you have a block of ice in there. And it's going to be over 100 degrees here. So I filled up my Camelback. I got a 70-ounce Camelback. Filled it up to the top with um, ice and then poured cold water in it from the refrigerator to fill up the rest. And that was my water supply in a fuel bottle. I made a two-hour fuel bottle. And like the lady said, I asked her how far she was running. She said she didn't know. She was just going by time. And so I don't know how far I'm going until it's over. I was going by time two hours. So I made a two-hour water bottle, two scoops maltodextrin powder, uh, one tablespoon of, this is all per hour, uh, one tablespoon of maple syrup to give it some sweet flavor, fructose and sucrose in there with all that other starch, and some salt stick, electrolyte. Oh, and um, I made two servings of all that, so a two-hour water bottle. And then I put in a packet of Hornet juice and just felt awesome. Super, super awesome. Oh, and um, some matcha, green tea powder. There's a cicada. I got a bunch of cicadas out. And matcha is awesome because it's green tea and it's a little bit of green fiber, which is super good for you. This morning for breakfast, before I got going, I did um, two scrambled eggs and uh, some salsa on it. A little bit of cheese, a little bit of coconut oil to keep it from sticking. Stir it all up, put it in the microwave in a, in a coffee cup, a coffee mug, a ceramic mug. And 35 seconds, stir it, then another 35 seconds, and that's about done. And that's how you make scrambled eggs in a coffee mug. And if you use coconut oil or something similar in there, then it won't stick too bad to the sides and you can clean it really easily. And you can walk around eating eggs out of a coffee mug while you're getting your mountain bike stuff ready. Uh, earlier this morning, when I first got up, I had a small bowl of coconut chia uh, granola cereal with coconut milk or real milk. I don't remember. We got both. And then um, probably, I wouldn't say two tablespoons. Yeah, about two tablespoons of hemp powder on top of that. Hemp powder is really high in protein. And it's your greens. It's your veggies, man. Super healthy. Love that stuff. Um, and then my front tire's flat on my mountain bike, so I put, uh, I figured out a way, I can't do it without making a video, but to get sealant in the tube <laughs> without taking the uh, pin out all the way, and that is a trick, uh, that's pretty hard to do, figure that out, and then, uh, and without taking the tire off the rim or anything like that, it's pretty cool. So I put some more sealant in it, and uh, pumped it up. And the trick is, if you're not sure about if your tire is going to hold air or not, pump it up the night before or um, well before you get going. And then um, when you go back to check on it before you go ride, if it's deflated um, or if it's losing air, then you got a problem. Don't pump it up right before you go and then discover later. Pump it up well before you go. And then you'll know before you go if it's um, going to be a problem. How much is left in this thing? I don't know. Hold on, I'm getting so thirsty. Oh my gosh. Okay. I was listening to a Zen talk and the guy was slurping coffee. <laughs> the Zen master. 
That was pretty good. Oh, do I have any other uh, tips while we get going here on the bike? Um, I asked the lady if she had an iPhone. She said no. And so I, I mentioned that, hey, you get lost, you can see gravel roads on Google Maps on your phone. And then you know where you are and how to get back. Um, but she didn't seem really all that interested. And uh, she was more in survival mode at that moment. And we talked about places to go ride. Oh, and why mountain biking? Mountain biking is really, really, really good for the portions of triathlon we actually have to sit up out of air position and generate power. And uh, you can't be in aero position all the time, although you should train so on your road rides you're pretty much in aero position all the time, unless you're climbing something steep. Well, when you climb something steep, you got to sit up and generate power. And you actually don't do that all that much, or you shouldn't be. So when do you do that in training? I'm saying that was during a race. So when do you do that in training? Oh, mountain biking. Mountain biking. Oh, I just love mountain biking so much. That was my first um, bike racing no, BMX was, but as an adult, um, mountain biking was my first bike racing experiences. I used to be so into, I had a Cannondale full suspension back in 96, maybe earlier, and 95, 94, 95, I had a Cannondale full suspension, and then um, really, 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 really like mountain biking. It is so good for the soul, cleans you out. Uh, makes you feel like uh, you're back with nature. And, oh, you see creatures. So I saw today a an armadillo right in the middle of the trail. And armadillos are um, kind of, we got really bad vision. And they're like little tanks, so they don't give a fuck. <laughs> and he sat there and kind of looked at me, sort of. And then they kind of stumble wobble off into the into the underbrush. It was kind of funny, but they're very very cute. And uh, but they do carry leprosy. You got to watch out for that. And then um, that was in a turn in the woods. But then uh, later on, I'm on a section of it was single track, but it's a little bit wider and it was straight, and I could see down it a long ways. That's cicadas going right there. And I couldn't believe what I saw. I saw two. Oh my God, cicadas, chill. Hey, stop it. I saw uh, two huge bucks, big uh, white-tailed deer bucks with giant antler racks on them. And uh, they turned and looked at me and they were pretty far off, but they turned and looked at me a hundred, uh, no, 75 yards. And then they were like, what? Like that. And then boom, they took off and they, they're called white-tail because they uh, flip up their tail and run away. They're really common in Texas, um, but it's actually kind of rare to see ones with the big, big antler rack um, in this close to town. I am kind of out in the countryside, but all right. I think that's all I wanted to get out. Uh, can't recommend mountain biking enough. My derailleur's all gunked up, but it's still worth it. Had so much fun. All right. More later out. Bang. All right. I'm in the... Uh, I'm in the uh, house looking back over our little backyard pool and Emily's um, doing tethered swimming. She's tied off to a, to a uh, post that I rigged up, kind of up high, actually really up high, like six feet up. And then we're using my swim parachute 
and uh, or actually Kai's, and then tying it around her ankles, the uh, clip band, and then she's got a a finesse uh, pool boy uh, between her legs to get her hips up to help float her better. Um, and that seemed to be the magic trick was adding that one thing. And then all of a sudden, it is very much like swimming in a pool. Well, I don't, it's, it's freaking hard <laughs> as far as resistance goes in your arm. But I'm, about, I'm about to make fun of Emily. Hold on. She swam into a wall. Hey, bae. Hey, there's a wall right here. Oh, is that a middle finger? I'm recording this. Can, you take my rings? Okay. Can I take your rings? With with these rings, I do the swim. I was trying to watch Kona. He's just hovering over here by the thing. Yeah. What do you think of adding that floaty thing? Oh, it definitely holds you up for sure. And then, yeah, I hit the wall. Was that when you were watching me? I watched you slowly creeping towards it. But and then I was like, my brother's girlfriend in high school broke her hand hitting oh, the lane rope. Nice. No, hitting a wall, doing backstroke, racing yeah, backstroke. Yeah, I was just kind of waiting. Well, I was watching. It looked like you probably weren't going to hurt yourself. And then... Uh, I feel like when I had that, that on, I was doing better with the strokes, but then this is different. Yeah. Can you tell anything? No. I'm trying to tell if you've got your goggles on upside down. I think they're on up right side up. Are you done? No, I was going to help you if they were on upside down. They're not on upside down. I didn't say they are. I said I was going to help. I said I was trying to see if they were. Oh, my God. They're not upside down. I know they're not. I told you I was looking. You second guess yourself. Come down here and I can punch you. No. I can punch you good. No. What's happening? What are you doing? Well, I was going to go run. Short running shorts. Are they too short? They're kind of short. Are those yours? Are they Kai's? Are they mine? And you're, you're, yeah. you're gonna sleep in my dad. Um, I had a question for you. No, I can't remember what, what it is. What are you doing at the window? I heard a knock. I can't say that on the podcast. I was naked and I was laughing and point, pointing at my downstairs. And you're like, I can't see it. I couldn't. All I could see was the wind. You hear you knocking on so the that window. Was a, and I'm like, I can't see anything. That was a confidence booster. I was like, maybe she's talking about the glare. And Kona's been swimming? Yeah, he has. No, don't talk to him like that. He's going to jump in again. Zoe drives drives off in five minutes. Kona looks like the Loch Ness Monster. He's massive. And uh, Kona takes like an hour to dry off. If that. Are you timing yourself? This better not count as your workout. Oh, I know the other thing I was going to say. What? So, how can you run into the wall? Why aren't you sighting every once in a while to see where I'm you are? I'm so focused on trying to do my stroke right that I wasn't sighting to see if I was going to the left. Okay, make sure you sight every once in a while. Why don't you put this in the house? Okay. I'm going to keep dropping it in the room. <laughs> All right. I'm going back inside. You're going to need them out here, right? Should I change out of these shorts? Are these too small? No, they're fine. All right. That is true. Are you going to leave them outside? You want me to? No, he's not dry. Okay, I'll leave them outside. No, you guys back up. No. You're having fun anyway, watching, watching mom swim. All right, that was very, very cool. Okay, I'm going to go for a run. Just an easy jog. There's 
the rings. This is a lot of fun. And anyway, I was teaching Emily earlier that um, she's not throwing her arm like throwing a ball overhead. She's setting her arm in and then karate chopping out, which is exactly like if you're riding a bike and you only use your quads, right? That'll wear you out because it'll wear out your quads. And, um, but if you use your whole body, like with slight rocking motion to um, help pedal, then you're using your whole core and um, even your arms a little bit and uh, your hips and everything pitching in to kind of help. And then you can relax and uh, go the same speed or faster with much, much less effort. And gently setting your arms in and then pushing your arm out and then pulling is all arm. And instead, you hook your arm in and anchor it and then use that as an anchor and a hook to throw your other arm overhead. Well, now you're using your core and your other arm and your, um, your shoulders, all this stuff to um, swim with much lower heart rate, uh, much more ease. It's more like jogging. It's nice. And then not doing that is like, is like running without using your arms. <laughs> you can use your whole body. And then also I was telling her to, um, uh, she was analyzing my breathing versus her breathing. And I start to breathe before my arm even comes out of the water. So I breathe to my right usually. And before my right arm comes out of the water for recovery over, overhead, I'm already starting to breathe. And then I'm done breathing and my face is back in the water about the time that my arm is pointed up at the sky-ish. And then I'm face down so that when my arm enters the water, I'm in a straight line and already. So then that throw just, just accelerates my body that's already in a straight line. Now, Emily, on the other hand, is breathing um, both eyes out of the water, which means her head's tilted too much. I've only got one eye out of the water. And then she's got both eyes out of the water. And then she is um, still breathing almost when her hand touches the water to come back in on the entry. Her elbow's bent. and She's like breathing into her elbow. Um, so that's a really late breath. And then so what that does is that creates a huge plow and plowing motion in the front end, which is where all the drag starts, and, um, and unable to use that arm throw to go in straight because her head's twisted, which means your torso's twisted, everything's twisted and bent and plowing whenever you swim like that. So get straight, breathe earlier, and... Um, yeah, focus on breathing out. Start, start breathing out by the time, face down, breathing out by the time your arm is uh, starting to enter the water. Cool? All right, cool. Out, bang. Let's go run. All right. I just finished 
running. Okay, at the beginning of the show, I talked about how I was, uh, I biked three hours and got beat up by the heat. So I spent the rest of the day, starting at 11 o'clock, hydrating, 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 salt, hydrate, salt, hydrate, eat foods with lots of liquids in them, hydrate, uh, add things to water to make them a little bit more sweet, like a little bit of stevia to make you want the water more. And then starting around uh, 6 o'clock, 6.30, I took a short nap, 6.30 at night, Sunday evening. I uh, started feeling really bouncy, like uh, bouncing off the walls. And there's a slow-moving car staring at me. Dude, I belong here as much as you do. Anyway, so I was like, hmm. So I, was, I noticed I was running really short distances in the house to kind of feel out my legs. Dude, what kind of... <laughs> What kind of sign, there's my Garmin, let's see, save. What kind of sign is that, dude? That means you are ready to run. And I couldn't believe it. That means that um, everything was primed and ready to go. And then I uh, took off running and I'd read up on some stuff. Another cause of plantar fasciitis is arch collapsing and your feet rolling in. And I've noticed that sometimes I run and my feet don't hurt. And sometimes I run and my feet do hurt. And there seems to be no consistent variables between the two. So then it's kind of like, except for, I started noticing that if I'm tired, that when I start to run, my feet hurt, right? So tired equals, um, is related to form, right? And then, so I put on some shoes that usually I don't run in. Um, because I thought they were kind of shot. But I did the test. If you push the toe of your shoe down into a hard surface like a table, if it bends at the toe box, at the ball of the foot, that's okay. If it bends at the arch or further back, that's bad. Well, this shoe didn't. It only bent at the toe. And I'm like, oh, okay, so the arch support's still good. And then I laced them up a little bit tighter. I usually wear my shoes really loose. And so I laced them up a little bit tighter so they had a little bit more arch support. And I went jogging. And then also I started running in a way to make sure I was landing on the outsides of my feet instead of the arch. And you gotta be careful because you don't wanna do too much form correction. You just wanna do little things because you can overcorrect it and injure yourself. And so I'm running along and I notice I've got no arch pain, no heel pain, nothing. So I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to make my, um, what, what am I doing, right, with my body? And a lot of your upper body makes your lower body do things. So I noticed that to land on the, more on the outside of my feet instead of on my arches and letting them roll in and stretch out everything and cause plantar fasciitis was um, if I run with my elbows a little bit more out, shoulders relaxed, a little bit more square. I was like, huh. So then I brought everything in and then I started noticing my knees roll in. So I brought my elbows in, my shoulders in, and then I started and my hands up closer to my neck and chest, like in the middle. And then I noticed I started, brought everything in, well my knees started coming in too, and then my arches started coming in and rolling a little bit on the inside. So I just ran uh, six miles with, uh, hold on, I gotta be quiet, I might be so I ran six miles with um, the only time I had arch or heel pain is when I caused it on purpose by doing something in particular to do it. 
So I might really be on to something. I'm super stoked about that. And two things. Um, one is I was listening to the Slow Home podcast. It said there's two types of learners. It's a 10-minute episode this Monday. And uh, two types of learners. And that is uh, people who like general learning and the people who like personalized learning. So general is just an online class, right? Um, personalized would be a guitar teacher telling you, how, showing you how to play the scales and then correcting you so that you put your fingers in the right places showing you how to do it right, all right? Um, I was like, well, who wouldn't like personalized? And then the female host, uh, Brooke McCallery, said, well, I don't like that because it sounds like they're talking down to me or something like that. And I was like, oh, yeah. <sighs> so that reminded me to remind you that this podcast is a personalized instruction podcast. Um, I tell you how I'm doing things and how you probably could do it. And it's up to you to figure it out exactly on your own. But by giving examples of how I'm doing stuff, um, I'm trying to show you how you could do it. And it's not, if it irritates you that I'm like, well, I ran six miles, right? Well, that's because you're comparing and you feel like I'm talking down to you and I'm not. I'm giving examples of how to do it because I'm excited because I've, I've been doing it for a while now. And I fail, and I tell you how I failed, too. Um, but if you're caught up in, well, uh, I don't like this because he's talking down to me. Really, what you're thinking is you only run, you know, and only is a bad word, but you run three miles, and then so, or four miles. And so you're taking it personally that somebody's saying how to run six miles. Like, it's a competition. There goes my Garmin. It's not a competition. It is, it could be a competition on race day, but otherwise this podcast is made to show you by example. It's personalized instruction. But, oh, in, the pod, in their episode they were saying, but this is really expensive and difficult um, for people, somebody to give somebody else personal one-on-one instruction. So an efficient way to do it is through a podcast where somebody can broadcast out to thousands of people the very particular individual way. It's really cool. Broadcast out to thousands the very particular and individual way that this person got it done. Alright? It's pretty neat. So, now that you got that in your little noggin, here is another thing that you can use that I did today that I just found out. I got a coworker and she was working away and had uh, some cool music playing in the background. It was really interesting. Um, kind of like hip hop, uh, kind of DJ-ish, but soft and a little bit upbeat and just nice. And I was like, what is that? And she said, um, and it just seemed to play for hours. And she said, oh, it's a YouTube channel and it's study music. And so I said, turn that up. And I listened to it for a little bit more. And then I went, she showed me where it was, and I went and listened to it. And this stuff is awesome for training, for long-distance training. Okay, so when you do long-distance training, you don't want to go too hard, right? You want to keep it easy. Um, if you build some hills into your training, you don't need 
motivation to go harder. The hills do that for you. They um, present themselves and you automatically go up harder over them. So 99% of the time you just want to be chill and relax and just get in easy aerobic, right? And you want to have a positive attitude. So music in a minor key, minor is that kind of sad, spooky, kind of scary kind of music. And major key, we're ending the limits of my music knowledge, by the way. Major key is upbeat music. So you want your music to be upbeat and then you're in a positive mood the whole time that you're uh, working out. So yesterday's uh, two-hour mountain bike ride, I listened to this YouTube channel. I'll tell you how I do that in a second. And for two hours, I was listening to this really cool music. And it's called Lo-Fi Chill Hip-Hop Study Music. Lo-Fi Chill Hip-Hop Study Music. And it's live and it's endlessly streaming. It's really cool. And you know it's the one because it's got like an anime Asian girl sitting at a desk trying to study and it's on a loop. It just, the little video clip repeats itself forward and backwards about every 10 seconds. And that's it, right? The whole point of the video is music, is the sound, not the video. So I was listening to that and I was like, whoa, this is really cool. I went through the whole bike ride, enjoyed the hell out of it listening to that. And then just a huge variety of music to it. I'm sure some of the songs repeat themselves, which you never really notice. And then the other thing was um, today's three hour and 15 minute or wherever I went uh, bike ride. I listened to that. It was awesome. It was so cool. And then just now on my hour run, listen to it some more. And it's awesome. It's just boop, 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 But it's, it's a little bit edgy, but it's not negative edgy. It's like positive edgy. And it's always changing, right? It's made to keep you entrained. It is really, really, really cool. And there's gaps in the wall of sound. It's not a wall of sound. There's little gaps here and there in the sound. So it's easy to hear cars coming. I, when I was on my road bike, I rode with one earphone in and went out. Um, but you can, uh, you can hear cars coming and traffic and stuff, people coming up behind you. It's really, really good. Okay. So how do you listen to a YouTube video? If you close your phone, if you, if you don't do something in particular, if you close your phone, the YouTube video will stop, right? So, um, when YouTube Red, I think is what it's called, um, came out and it's where you actually pay for YouTube, you get a few little upgrades. It's like five bucks a month. And you get a little, few little upgrades. And one of them is, if you close your phone, if you turn the screen off on your phone, YouTube will keep playing. Boom. That's how you do it. There's your tech angle. So sign up for YouTube Red. That's what I did. And then you can listen to full albums like heavy metal, um, you know, rap stations, classical music on YouTube, and it'll just play. It's really, really, really cool. And no commercials either. It's pretty nice. I guess you're already paying for it with your five bucks. They'll figure out a way to jam a commercial in there and ruin it. But for now, it's pretty kick-ass. All right, I'm going to go in the house and drink some more. Wata out, Bing. Woot, woot. All right, it is Monday morning. Back in the pool, swimming Monday, Wednesday, Friday, without fail. The big thing is to just go. And then once you get there, then you decide how hard to go, 
how hard to train because execution, just getting it done, the habit of going to the pool is the big thing. That's 99% of being a good swimmer is going to the pool. You can't swim unless you go to the pool. So go to the pool first, worry about that and then see how well you swim. Okay. Uh, even though I was bouncing off the walls last night, this morning I was down a few pounds. I weigh 187 right now. I've gotten a little fat since my foot injury. And yes, that sucks. And I don't like it. But anyway, I think the lightest I got was 167. And that was too light. I belong around 180, probably. But anyway, I, um... What did I do? Oh, I got up and I was thirsty again. And, um... So I doubled up on a little bit of extra water fluids before I uh, went to the pool and ate an Amrita bar. Discount code uh, Zen, 15% off. And uh, got I ate, ate some other stuff too. Anyway, got to the pool and I was going to swim on a 121 interval, um, which is a little bit fast for me, but not terribly fast. And I started swimming along and I'm like... And I got the beep. This is a beep. This is a beep. This is a beep. And then I'm like, oh my God, man. Something is um, not right. And I got a guy drifting into my lane. Hey, Bo. What's out? Keep it over there. And I... Um, he's giving me hand signals. You too, buddy. And I... Um, decided to quit trying to do that interval and just back off and I got out of the pool see you gotta own gotta own your shit <laughs> I don't care what anybody else thinks I'm gonna get out of the pool and go get a glass I have a uh, mug with me uh, that I drank of water on the way to the pool and I there's an ice water one of those uh, coolers uh, it's really really cold water and I filled up my mug with ice water and then every five minutes stopped and drank more water. Just simply too dehydrated. And then the other thing is uh, when I went to Ohio, I didn't get in a long bike ride that weekend. And so um, yesterday when I went on my long bike ride, it had been two weeks. And uh, my shoulders were sore from being in the aero position that long. I spent a lot more time in the aero position. And that you know affected my swimming so I just had to go you know what um, today is not going to be a banner day Bruce Banner day on my uh, little swimming fiascos and the other thing I noticed is um, doing all the drag shoot work uh, while it makes you stronger it also kind of messed up my faster swim form so I got to do probably probably not do the drag shoot quite so much and uh, do the whole dosing thing just a little bit more carefully with it so that I'm not um, losing my um, the high high turnover uh, clean form that got me uh, so much faster at one point I was down to 119 looking looking at a 118 
interval. And today I was struggling with a 121, fell down to a 122, 123. And then because I had to stop a bunch of times to drink water, I averaged a 127. And I was like, bleh, what's that to boot? And anyway, a little bit, a little bit um, tired of, of that. All right, all right, leaving the pool, getting in the Zentri. Mobile, mobile, mobile studios, mobile studios, and had an interesting swim. My goggles broke about, I had just over halfway through, I had like 25 minutes left or something like that, and they snapped. And that presents two problems. And I was having a good swim too. I was uh, trying to stay on a 122 per 100 yard pace or faster, and I was actually beating it. I was doing like a 121, it felt like. And it's a continuous swim. And um, goggles snapped. And my I do have spare goggles, but they're in the car, I'm pretty sure. It's not worth getting all the way out of the water and checking and in the locker room only to find that they're actually in the car. You know, that would suck. And so I'm like, well, I mean, physically I can keep swimming. But the two problems are, is one, man, this is going to burn up my eyes. <laughs> this pool has um, got tons of kids in it and stuff. And it's actually not the chlorine, supposedly, that's so um, burning on your eyes. It's the, it's the uh, reaction of chlorine with grease and dirt and human nastiness. It's disgusting disgusting human bodies and that's why they have you rinse off before you get in the pool so I'm like man I love my pool but you know I can see stuff floating around in there you know you got band-aids and hairballs that look like tumbleweeds whenever they're rolling across the bottom and the only reason I can see those sometimes is because um, my vision is actually really terrible but when I wear goggles, the pressure on the eyes distorts the lenses in your eyes and um, it actually improves your vision and plus the water and everything acts kind of like glasses in a weird way. And I can see, um, I don't know, maybe like 2050 or something like that, 2040, not terrible, uh, underwater with goggles on. So I'm like, I saw these goggles snap and I'm like, well, I guess I'll just keep swimming. And I forgot about the whole thing and how bad my vision is. And so I start swimming. And I I have a vision that's so bad that um, I can't drive. I can't do anything. I can't recognize people. I can see clearly up to about a foot in front of my face. And, um, and then I, I have astigmatism, which makes everything blurry like... Uh, like double layered on top of itself off to the side <laughs> it's it's uh at night like street lights and stuff would have like streamers coming off of them because they refract and just go bum, 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 like that so uh so i start swimming i'm like i'm just gonna keep going i'm doing great i'm gonna keep going and i can't see crap i'm trying not to hit the wall you know and then the feeling of uh, 
water running over your eyes. It's been years and years and years and years and years since I've swam without goggles. I would forget them sometimes during swim team practice in high school. Um, and they're like, well, that sucks. <laughs> Get in. And I'm like, Arr. but the, uh, there's a garbage bag in the road. merge over here there we go balls so the feeling was so weird you know because my nerves aren't used to it right there this cool water running over my eyelids and I don't really know how to I've forgotten you know how to keep my eyes open underwater and so I've got water ramming into my um, my bottom eyelid you know because it's kind of catching the water a little bit <laughs> Like whatever, so I'm learning to squint while I swim. After a few minutes, I'm like, squint, you know, and just open my eyes every once in a while. And at first, I'm like, well, I guess I'll be all right, you know, it doesn't burn. But then after a while, oh, the burn started setting in, and I'm like, and this sucks. Um, but I adapted and overcame, and got it done. Feeling really, really good. Um, I did, yeah, like, I don't know, like 4,450 yards um, for an hour nonstop, uh, 121 pace. Felt really good because I ate an Amrita bar on the way. I should give Amrita bars a plug. I've got one here right in front of me. The one I ate, here's the wrapper. The one I ate was an apricot strawberry. You can get them 15% off with discount code ZEN. And I've discovered that, uh, like you can and all this other stuff, slow-acting carb, um, eat something slow-acting before you go swim, and then you can swim, 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 swim. Theoretically, I guess you could do it before biking and running. And, um, and the energy just kept pouring on evenly, never got tired. I mean, just imagine swimming at a medium pace for an hour, you know, like not stopping. Only thing I did was my goggles started leaking and I was like, that's weird. I hope these aren't broken or aren't going to break. And then they started leaking more and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. And then bam, they cracked right down the nose piece. So, um, paused just for a second, threw them on the deck and kept, made that decision and then kept going. And... Actually, I started speeding up towards the end. I think as the Amrita bar uh, kept digesting and, and it's all happy. Um, Amrita bars have cardamom in them. And cardamom is a muscle-soothing Indian spice. And so it soothes your stomach and helps you digest it without getting upset. And, oh my gosh, it's just amazing. And I think they're... I'd have I'd have to look, but I can't look right this second. What, like 150 to 200 something calories, right? But they're slow acting, and I'm big on the slow carb movement. You need carbs, um, but you need them to be uh, digested evenly so that um, you get a slow drip of nice, happy energy. It felt so good. Woo! Uh, second swim in a row where I've I've lost, god dang it, I forgot to ask at the front desk again. Um, I've misplaced my 
uh, what do you call it? My swim shampoo. I use Ultra Swim. I love Ultra Swim. Just works. And I, I do the swim shampoo and the conditioner. And so it's usually in my um, my mesh bag that I take into the into the sh- big gang shower area with me. And it is currently not. And so I get in there on Monday. Today's Wednesday. I get in there on Monday, and I'm like, "Hey, where the f is my uh, shampoo?" And I use the shampoo as soap. And so I'm like, "God dang it! What do I do?" And I'll, then I use the conditioner to help get the rest of the uh, chlorine out of my hair. I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, man, do I really? Because I've had to do this before to go leave the gang shower area go over to the sink area where I'm dripping water all over the place which I'm sure other people love and hold on I need some ice water drinking away from the microphone and then I uh, have to pump that nasty ass like uh, cheap super perfumey which is not good for you chemical shitstorm of of what they think is people like to call soap. And it's all foamy, you know? It's not even like really usable. It's foam. So I pump two handfuls of that. And uh, I put, oh yeah, first I go, well, I need to wash my armpits. So I smear, while I'm standing at the sink and I'm in my wet swimsuit dripping all over the place, smear foamy hand soap into my armpit and then foamy hand soap into my other armpit because the swim gods gave us two armpits. And then, and then, uh, and I'm like, man, okay, I'm gonna have a little bit more dignity. Now that I'm super dignified, I'm gonna be, now I'm gonna be a real gentleman. And then I pump two, three, four, five more pumps into my hands and then walk that back into the shower area. My shower's running. And then, as I'm saying, the shower area, rub this stuff into my hair. Uh, and then I'm sure the rest of the day I smelled like, a rest stop on the side of the freeway and so then I'm like in Todoist I put a thing find your shampoo Todoist.com it rocks find your swim shampoo and then for two days I go home and forget to do it and then so today (laughs) as I was unpacking my swim stuff as I get in the locker room I'm like really you forgot again dude come on but interesting uh, observation is you can directly uh, correlate. You start start noticing that you're forgetting stuff and this over here and that over there and where's this and oh my gosh, I you know, forgot this. I for, forgot my lunch money. Mom. And that means you're trying to do too much. You have too much activity going on in your life. And you might need to calm down. Oh. <sighs> But I do feel really, really good. And I'm super excited. I was thinking this morning how excited I am that Emily's swimming in the backyard pool. I sat her down and uh, she's like, uh, well, is my swim stroke improving and stuff like that? And I said, yeah. She said, well, you're not telling me anything. And <laughs> Like, I can't tell you anything. As soon as I tell her to do something, she starts blaming me. It's so funny. And I pointed out to her that she's blaming me for stuff that I have nothing to do with. And because uh, she'll ask, and then I'll point out something. And she goes, "Well, I do this, and you said that." And, that, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh! You told me, you told me years ago to do the S stroke." And I go, "Yeah, that was like 15 years ago." And they're saying not to do that anymore. And uh, it's focus more on the higher elbows. 
it's 15 years ago. But then, uh, um, there's a point to the story, a good, a useful point. The thing is, is I sat her down and I said, look, the reason YouTube is exists is for swim videos. It's not for, um, you know, to see, uh, Kim Kardashian doing whatever. It's not, um, for, uh, what's that guy that makes the videos in downtown New York? It's not for this. It's not for that. It's not for, it's, it's all the only purpose for YouTube is swim videos. That's it. Everything else is garbage, but swim videos is why YouTube exists. So you type in good swim form and blippity blam, you've got swim instruction videos for days. You got Phelps. You got Phelps swimming underwater. You got Ian Thorpe doing this. You got Phelps and Thorpe side by side, slow motion. You've got uh, how to do, you know, high elbow catch, how to do breaststroke kick. Da, da, da. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. And you can just scroll through these videos. And after like the fourth video, she's like, why are you going through this one so fast? I want to see that. And I go, no, this one sucks. This one sucks. This one sucks. This one sucks. I mean, it sucks. They're all good, but it sucks for what I'm trying to show her. We're trying to, I'm trying to show her to keep her hands wider on the entry and, um, and how to hold her elbow. So there's this one video where hands, it's this girl, right? So Emily can relate to her and she's cute. So Emily likes her. And then she's like, and you uh, put your hands in the water and you make sure that when you start to pull, your elbows are kind of pointing up. And she does this. Put, point your hands out in front of you. Put your palms on, facing towards the ground, right? Arms straight out, palms facing towards the ground. Now, notice that while you keep your palms facing towards the ground, you can either twist your elbow and shoulder so that the inside of your elbow points down or you can twist it so the inside of your elbow points up. So when you're doing it wrong, the inside of your elbow points up. So when you pull back, your elbow goes down and then there's not a good pull. But if you twist your arm, palms down, inside of your elbow down, then when you start pulling, uh, your elbows stay up and high elbows. Pretty cool, huh? And then the other thing is don't tell people what not to do. Tell people what to do. And I said to keep your arm straight. This was my own. This wasn't the video. But to keep your arm straight, um, point your thumbs Make sure you're thinking of pointing your thumbs towards the far wall, right? That'll force your hand and your arms to be straight if your thumbs are pointing towards the far wall. And swimming, to fix your stroke, you always overcorrect. You mentally overcorrect, and that'll you'll end up in the uh, in the right place. Okay, that's it. I gotta go into work. W to the E R K. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. Oh. All right, finishing another run. Decided to cut it a little bit short than planned because my feet are a little bit sore. A uh, little bit for Santa Claus, a little bit for the reindeer. Do you want some magic dust, man? <laughs> and walking downhill, actually. I live uh, in the middle of a nice little hill. And once my feet finish healing up, I can't wait to run this thing a lot. Build up some leg strength. And let me turn off the uh, screen here. Save some battery. I uh, just finished running with my buddy, and I was doing three laps, and he did two. He's just getting into this, learning all the stuff. So, oh, maybe I got some helpful tips for you. Um, if you're f inside his ankle hurts, and he's just starting running and um, getting into running. And I said, oh, that's your ankle probably rolling in, probably 
uh, you need a stability shoe or a control shoe. I forgot which one's more extreme, but you can buy your shoes at a cheap place, but you do need to, is that a snake? You need to look online and see if it's a stability or a control shoe. A neutral shoe will let your feet, it assumes, they don't assume your shoe gender, your foot gender, and they can roll in or out and it doesn't care. It'll let it do whatever. And that assumes that your um, running gait is pretty much perfect. Your running form and are good enough. And stability and control shoes will um, keep your feet from rolling in. You got a problem, dude, and you might need to go check that out. You can pick your shoe online that has what you want and then go to Academy or whatever and buy it for cheaper. Or you can join join, join uh, Roadrunner Sports. I'm actually a member of that. And uh, they'll send you the shoes and you can wear them for like a month or something in the back. And let's see. Oh, Gatorade. So I was making fun of people that use Gatorade. Of course, then eventually he tells me, oh, I'm drinking Gatorade. But um, I was talking about, you know, how it's expensive and it's simple sugar. So you're paying a lot for your stomach to hurt, basically. And um, now, maltodextrin, which I've talked about before, is long-chain starch. Doesn't make your stomach hurt. Um, and you can get more calories in without your stomach hurting. And um, you can buy it in bulk, super cheap. And... Um, then what I do is I do flavor it. I'll either use maple syrup or Gatorade powder. And so instead of buying Gatorade, a big bottle of Gatorade, bottles of Gatorade, the reason that it's so much more expensive is because you're paying for the shipping of them to ship all that water around. Well, you can just buy powdered Gatorade for pennies on the dollar. By the way, I need to take a sip of that and finish off my bottle. Hold on. Mmm. Keep my running fuel in one bottle, one bottle and then clean water in the other bottle and that way I can drink as much of one or the other as I need and also rinse off my teeth from the sugary crap with the clean crap and um, so I'll do like 100 120 calories of starch maltodextrin and then like 30 calories worth from the Gatorade and Gatorade's nice I mean it's got electrolytes in it and stuff but you're just not drinking it at the concentration that they want you to which will make you sick it's made for football players that are sitting down, getting all the water they want. Dude, you're running or biking. You're not sitting on a bench with somebody just handing you water constantly with fans on you. Dude, you need your stuff to be right. You need to get it right. And it needs to be carryable. So you need to get it done right. So, for pennies on the dollar, you can make um, light orange or light lemon-lime flavored uh, fuel that really works and it's just the right amount and you keep it separate from your um, water and then your stomach starts to hurt you can stop drinking it man one time I was mountain biking with Morgan out in the desert seriously way out in the desert and it was pretty bad situation and he started feeling like he's gonna throw up and everything and all he had was a camelback full of Gatorade water Gatorade stuff I think it was Powerade or Gatorade and he couldn't, he couldn't hydrate, it was, it was the summer, it was a million freaking degrees, and he needed to hydrate, but he couldn't hydrate without throwing up because the only thing he had to hydrate with was uh, sugary water, right? And, and I was sitting there with a camelback full of, I wasn't full anymore, it was almost, it was out of water, but I wasn't sick because I had my, um, my fuel for the workout 
and a separate bottle on the frame on my bike. See, that's a smart. Yep. All right, I'm back at the his house. Gotta keep it real. Gotta keep it quiet. Gotta keep it real quiet. Emily's probably asleep. Anyway, it was fun running with my, my homie Brad. And um, it's fun working with somebody that's totally new into the sport and trying to balance with telling them the right thing to do but without telling them too much to do, which I tend to do, probably do too much, because I know to him, like I have all these facts of what you should and shouldn't do, but then I forget the context of, I try to explain it, you know, somebody that's coming at it like brand new. It's tough, dude. It's a lot of stuff to do it right. And then until you do it wrong, you're really not gonna remember it anyway. You need to puke one time to believe it. <laughs> puke several times to really believe it see zero in on what's the right amount and then it changes right it changes with what, what you ate that day with what you ate yesterday and the heat of today how hydrated you are the time of day all that. that's all we call it zen and the art of strathlon you can't ever there's no like one written fundamental law it's all it depends 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 it's always it depends that's how you know you're talking to somebody really smart you ask hey how do i do this What's the best wheel to race in a triathlon? I go, well, it depends. How windy is it? Oh, I don't know, I didn't think to look. Oh, well, you better find out. Make a big difference. How hilly is it? How wet will it be? All right, that all matters. Okay, I'm back at the house, out bang. All right. <coughs> uh, all right. All right, in the Zentri Mobile Studios, using a lapel mic. Got it clipped to my shirt. See if I can uh, keep my hands on the wheel. A little bit better. Just saw a uh, female jogger running through my neighborhood. Women joggers are canary, Cape canaries, canary species, whatever they call it. The, um, the more you see women involved in sports around your area, the safer your area is. Did you know that? Because that means they feel safe to come out and then they do more stuff and then younger girls see them out doing stuff and oh man I just went the wrong way I do not want to go this way oh, maybe I'll go this way all right on my way to work W to the ERK sporting the lapel mic trying to wrap up the beginning part of the show doing the news and, and the uh, bike of the week some other cool stuff and had a uh, really good bike trainer session got a little training tip for you I um did uh, hard intervals on the bike a couple of days ago and my legs are still sore got on the bike you could just feel all the soreness in there and taking a long time for things to loosen up but not tired just sore so if you're tired then it might be a good idea to just skip your workout and you got to have some self-control you got to not work out if you're people get addicted to exercise and addicted to the habit so you gotta be able to say no. Being a grown-up means being able to say no sometimes. But anyway, I uh, had energy. I felt okay uh, energy-wise, but my legs were sore. So um, on the note of overtraining, I've gotten overtrained before. I had an email exchange back with Rich Roll a long time ago. He emailed me, I think, and uh, said, hey dude, your, uh, your symptoms are just totally classic overtraining. And that's being tired and having to force yourself to get up the energy to uh, work out. And I'm behind my old neighbor. And um, 
when you're out of energy and you're having to force yourself to work out just out of habit or out of desire or goals or you've committed to something, then you're not relying on uh, carbohydrates or fat for the energy. You're relying instead on hormones and uh, to give you energy, so like adrenaline, right? You know how you can get an extra burst of energy when you get scared or, or whatever, you get the shakes. That's, that's, uh, that's a, you get excited because of something. That's adrenaline, maybe even cortisol, pumping through your system. It's an additional energy system. Well, that's supplied by probably, I, I believe, your thyroid. And your thyroid can only do that so much. And that's how you get um, overtraining syndrome, exhaustion, is because now your thyroid is depleted and it can't do its thing anymore. <sighs> because your muscles you know, have been tired and so now you've been relying on your thyroid to get it going. So I've had that um, and had to back off of training. Because you just get so excited, man. The training's so good. You're getting better and better and better. So you just keep pushing it and pushing it. If you did this, well, you could probably do more. And also if you're under eating, right? You're trying to lose weight. So you're not getting the nutrition that you need. So you're pushing your body and your body uh, can't get its energy from fuel, from food. So it's got to get it instead from your thyroid and adrenaline. It's kind of like living on caffeine instead of um, food for energy, working late at night on something, working on a project. But anyway, so this morning, that all goes back to this morning, I get up and my legs hurt, but I have energy, right? So I'm like, okay, this is a uh, different kind of problem. Let's get, uh, let's not do intervals today on the bike. And it's that whole depends thing. So I'm like, okay, pedal along easy. Instead of getting on Zwift, which is competitive, right? Somebody passes you, you wanna catch up with them, right? Other people, what you do is dictated by other people. That's bad, 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 bad. So instead, you do something where you can control the pace and do self-control. So I got back on watching the uh, Norseman Extreme Triathlon and watched an hour of that and I'm about I'm about four hours in. I tweeted it, a, a link to it, and um, also tweeted. I'm on Zen Triathlon on Twitter. Co-worker waving at him. Um, the uh, graph from my bike workout. So just pedaling along easy and going a little bit faster, a little bit faster, a little bit faster. And I've got on heart rate strap. I've got a Wahoo heart rate strap. And I've got a Garmin 510, I think, bike computer. The one with the touch screen, which is annoying. Don't get, don't get touchscreen stuff <laughs> on, your, uh, on your sports equipment because you're always touching it or you're sweaty and then it doesn't work right. It's, uh, the next generation of bike computer, Garmin, went back to um, uh, just buttons. The five, there's a better bike computer than the one I got. It looks almost exactly the same. They just took the touchscreen off. And then um, I'm, uh, so I'm just watching mostly my heart rate, but I'm using my heart rate to stay in zone two, right? That way I won't go too hard because if your legs are sore or your, if your muscles are sore, let's say you're swimming, your upper body, but if your legs are sore, pretty sore, they're still healing. There's not much point or any good in um, going hard again on doing intervals, right? Because what does that do? That tears down your muscles. Well, if your muscles are really sore, your muscles are already torn down. There's no point to it. So, that would be, if you got energy and you feel like working out, that would be a really good day 
to do just a zone two workout. And zone two, you know, scale of one to five, just keeping it aerobic. So I got on there and kept it aerobic, just chilling, using my heart rate. And at my age, um, zone two is, um, the highest end of zone two is the low 130 uh, beats per minute, right? And because my legs are sore and they're trying to warm up and stuff, it took me a little while to get up there. I just gotta be patient, gotta be a grown up, be patient and let things uh, get there and just pedaling along, pedaling along, 130. And then just kept it there for the rest of the hour. And it was nice, man, really, really, really nice. On the uh, bike computer, I've got, I've got it set to 10 screens of data, um, 10 little boxes on there, which is, that is what's really cool about the bigger bike computers, is I'm watching my heart rate, my power, my, um, the, what is it? What did I say? Cadence, right? Getting it, trying to get it up above uh, 80. And um, trying to think, oh, the time. Every five minutes, taking a sip of fuel. And just a little sip. Sip of fuel. Feel good. Don't need tons because I'm not doing intervals or anything like that. And then um, just cruising along and watching, uh, watching the uh, Norseman, which is a lot of fun. It's really cool. So on YouTube, I have a whole collection of videos that I've saved that are just, you just watch and and just kind of go along, do whatever. And it's nice. Really, 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 really nice. And when I was done, I felt really, really good. There is something um, that people have trouble with. I used to have this problem until, I guess it was Phil Maffetone um, explained it. People will tell you that they can't get their heart rate up on the bike, that your heart rate is lower, um, 10 beats, 20 beats lower on the bike than it is on the run. And that is a myth, and it's a strong myth out there, but it's not true. When I finally had my big breakthrough on the bike and went from averaging uh, 19 miles an hour on my rides uh, to averaging 21, which is a huge difference, the... um, the difference was doing, um, I was able to change it in like just a couple weeks, was the uh, pedaling, working on getting my heart rate up on the bike. That was the difference. And into to the same heart rate zone as my, um, as my run. And it just took watching my heart rate and trying to just increase it per bike workout just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. All it is is your body isn't familiar with turning over your legs that fast or pushing that hard. And it's something you can easily do. Um, it just takes some dedicated workouts where that's what you're going to work out, work on. And you do it for a while, 10 minutes, and then your legs are exhausted. And then uh, take a break and then do it again. And then your next workout, you'll be able to do it a little bit more. Next workout, you do a little bit more. And then the next thing you know, your zone two is the same on the bike as it is on the run. So anyway, I was, um, I was really excited because my zone two on the bike after warming up, what I do is after I warm, I look at the graph when I'm done on Strava, my place to work on bike stuff. I like that better. Um, you can select, you might have to have a pro edition, but you can select on the graph the section after, you can select any section and then it'll tell you the average and the max, I guess, if you want that. But I'll, um, I selected about the second half of the bike and then it told me the average and it was 239 watts, right? So that's my zone two, high end of zone two 
average watts, 239. That's like sustainable, you know? That's so cool. And then um, in the workout, I saved that number because that's really significant. I want to see if that number keeps going. I made a note about that. All right, time to go in the W to the ERK out, bang. All right, we're at the training farm and the cows are really close. It's a hundred acre farm out in East Texas. It's in our family. We need, need to hear some more moos, guys. Come on. Oh, there's one. Are they getting closer? Yeah, they're right there. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know where they are. I can't see. Hey, cows. Right there. There's one right there. I know. There's one right here. I see them. This is spooky. Earlier they stampeded. What are you guys doing? Should we turn on a light now? Yeah, I got it. All right, that looks like a good end to the show. Let's go ahead and do some cards and letters, some donations and support from listeners. But first I gotta say, well, one last little triathlon log. I just got off the bike a few minutes ago doing uh, one hour on the on the trainer, the turbo trainer, and I found a, uh, a good workout I've been doing a few times lately, which is an hour uh, zone two. Of course, it takes a little bit up to a little bit to get up to zone two. And I get up uh, to the top in the zone two just to be safe. So I eventually work myself up to uh, my zone two is tops out around 135 beats per minute. So I'm around 131, 132 beats per minute. And it takes a little while to work yourself up there. And uh, I've got a computer in front of me. Actually, I got a second monitor attached to a computer. And on YouTube, I was watching some of the um, Global Triathlon Network channel, which is brand new, uh, Global Cycling and Global Cycling Network, Network GCN and GMBN, Global Mountain Bike Network, uh, are both great channels. They have a British flair to them, but um, it's just uh, really, really cool to have something else to watch. They put out content almost daily, if not more so than that, and uh, some two of their first interviews is uh, Chrissy Wellington and uh, Jonathan Brownlee. <laughs> I mean, like the best of the best. Looks like Jonathan Brownlee is gonna gonna try to do Kona pretty soon. He's getting really good at the half distance, winning winning everything, smashing everything. Um, but uh, their bike to check out was uh, the Scott Plasma as well. That. Brownlee is riding. He went from Boardman to Scott, I guess because Boardman doesn't have a fully integrated front end uh, hydration solution on their bike or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, if you're going to do a long zone to workout, like for an hour, you're going to sit there. Uh, it's great to have something entertaining in front of you. So Netflix, YouTube, uh, some kind of TV show. That, uh, that just bounces around. All I do, I have my bike computer uh, in front of my hands, below my computer monitor, and I'm just watching my heart rate, just slowly working my way up and then getting to my heart rate. And then what I'm doing is after my workout, 
for now, I might do something. I'm getting a smart trainer pretty soon. And uh, with that, I'll be able to program in the wattage that I want to do. I can force it to make me do a certain wattage. But right now, I'm just watching my wattage. And I guess I could hit the, the lap button and then look at the average. But um, a couple rides ago, I did 200. And oh, I look at the last half hour. I'm doing an hour. So the first half hour is kind of sacrificial. And uh, so I'm just looking at the last half hour and of, you know, this heart rate. And then um, a couple, a few days ago when I did the same thing, it was 240 watts. And then now zone two is 250 watts for this ride. And what that's showing you is um, the more you do something, the better you get at it because you pick up on efficiency. It's like if, if you rode a, uh, one, one of these videos is they ride a, they ride a time trial bike and they ride a, a road bike you know, through this course. And they're like, well, the, um, this bike is faster than the other bike. Well, one thing you got to watch out for is the second time you go through a course, you're better at it right? because you're more efficient. You pick the corners better. You kind of know what's coming, so you modulate your effort a little bit better. And what happens is um, the same thing is if you're going to be riding at a certain heart rate, you get better at riding at a certain heart rate. You get more efficient at it. And that's really, really good. So that's one way that you can train for long distances at zone two is to do lots of time at zone two. And you'll get your, your body gets smarter at um, staying at zone two. So you end up generating more power at zone two. And yeah, for now, it's kind of, I'm just kind of watching it go up. But what I could do is um, program. I wonder if the I can program it to say, okay, make me ride at, um, you know, uh, 251 watts, this next ride, and then 252 watts, 253 watts. But what if I told it, is there a program out there where it says, make me ride at a certain heart rate? That would be interesting, right? Like, all right, I've warmed up. Now I'll keep my heart rate at 131. And if my heart rate gets lower, <laughs> right, it drops down to 129, 128. It ramps up the wattage. So I actually have to try harder to uh, keep my heart rate up. If, but if anybody knows of, a, of an app that does that, then uh, let me know. That would be actually pretty cool. But anyway, good bike ride. And then to help save me from a plantar fasciitis, it's really tight calves that I have. Throughout the day, I'm all right. It's when I wake up in the morning, my calves are tight, and then my heels hurt when I when I walk. And so I am stretching now after every bike and every run, stretching my calves out, and we're going to see how that actually works. And I, I Googled it, did a bunch of research, and that uh, seems to be a uh, saving grace for a lot of people, is to become religious about stretching your calves after every at least after every run, but maybe even every bike too. Okay, we have uh, donations from listeners to finish us to finish us out. We have um, Tony Wolf with two Fs, and he said, "Thanks, Brett." Whoa, I lost it. He said, "There it goes." He said, uh, "Thanks, Brett!" Exclamation two exclamation points. It arrived just in time for my triathlon this weekend in Flagstaff, Arizona. He's talking about Hornet juice. We'll talk about that in a second. I uh, just wanted to send you a quick note. Dot dot dot. This is my fourth order of Hornet juice. Great product. Two exclamation points. I also use your salt stick uh, when I go for long runs and bikes in the heat here in Phoenix. By the way, 
here's a little aside. I put in two capsules of salt stick in my water bottle. I did a scoop of maltodextrin and a quarter of a scoop of Gatorade powder and then added that um, salt stick in there. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, um, during my bike ride. Uh, I even ordered your probiotics a couple of years ago when my son went to NAU. Is that Nassau? Anyway, to run cross country and it was having stomach issues running at that elevation. I still need to try the Amrita bars. I'm using You Can for now. Found it based on your recommendation. Let's see. Found. Yeah, You Can some bad stuff. Bad isn't good. Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Uh. Uh, found your podcast. That's some Run DMC for you. Found your pod- podcast ah, several years ago when I started getting into Zen. He didn't capitalize Zen. And sometimes I encourage that. Don't give it too much respect. It doesn't care about you. Zen is just what it is. I love it when you mix Zen in with triathlon. I got into triathlons four years ago at the age of 39. Hey, we're the same age, dude. What's up? I couldn't swim 25 meters without stopping to gasp for air. Yes, that is normal, dude. Now I am banging out 3,500 meter workouts three times per week. Training for my first full Ironman this fall. Ironman Arizona. I'm as. It's amazing what you can accomplish with a little discipline. Yes, Jocko Willink says, the Navy SEAL says, discipline equals freedom. That's right. Because with some a little bit of discipline, with some discipline, you get things done. And then that gives you more discipline and self-respect and motivation then you can do more and more and more and then those those options gives you options right because you can do anything and then you've got freedom what do what you want to do right because you can do anything uh thanks for doing what you do double exclamation points bam bam tony thanks tony that was a really nice email so uh i will cover a hornet juice and how to donate to the show here in a second let's read um uh, f- the rest of these here. Uh, Peter Diaz sent a, a one-time donation. Houston Marsh, recurring donation. Same with Rick Foster, Michael Radogna, Brett, coolest first name in triathlon, coolest last name in Sweden. By the way, my ancestors and my relatives in Sweden are the Bretts, but it's spelled B-R-A-T-T. But in Sweden, you say you say brat as brat, brat, brat. So when he came to America, he did not, Axel Brett did not like the way they said B-R-A-T-T. They said brat. <laughs> and he was probably like, no, it's a brat. And they said, yeah, brat. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to change how we spell this. So people quit calling me brat and say it correctly. And he is Brett. And that's how we got B-R-E-T-T. But my relatives over in Sweden are B-R-A-T-T. Anyway, um, and then there's lots of the A's with the little circles over them and things like that. It's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, Daniel Clemens sent in a donation. Karen Jackson, Simon Wright. What is up, Simon? Longtime donor. And Justice Phillips. Justice, the ultra runner of all the glories. That dude is badass. And William Smith and Jonathan Woodman and longtime donor Hun Chu. What is up? Let's see. That is it for the donations this episode. I want to tell you how you can donate 
or and get your name read on the show and get some Hornet juice and some UCAN all at once. So you can go to zentrathlon.com. Go to the left side of the page. There's a little PayPal link. So easy to do. You can do a recurring donation or a one-time donation. Either way, you get your name read on the show. And either way, you get my email address. And if you've donated to the show, I know your name. You can email me a question. I can read it on the air for everybody else. I can uh, respond to you and tell you how to do that one little thing. Brett, Coach Brett, what is the problem with my left pedal? I can't get it off my bike. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Billy Bob, you... Uh, your left pedals are backwards threaded. They are on all bikes. That way they won't spin off. It's a technical thing. But anyway, lots of little things like that. How do I uh, make my average on my bike higher? What's a great workout in the pool? Blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. I can email you and let you know. Let's see. I got a message on Twitter right now. Got a question. Oh, Lake Tahoe 100 is on. That's what. That's the message on my phone. Pretty cool. And... Let's see. It's the little donations that really add up and help get the show going. And we have, uh, oh, on the right-hand side, you can get Hornet Juice. That is another great way to support the show. You buy um, uh, either the 10-pack or the 20-pack of Hornet Juice. And um, I get an email, and then I finish out the order, and then you get it from New Zealand but I, you get a personal email from me saying, hey, dude, thanks for the Hornet Juice. It's on its way. And now you have my email address all over again. And then you can send a question and uh, something you want me to read on the air, all kinds of cool stuff like that. And you get both. You get something really cool, which is uh, Hornet Juice, which is uh, amino acids, protein powder, that you add to your fuel and it turns on the diesel. It's amazing stuff. I have to do my regular disclaimer is that Hornet Juice is not intended for endurance athletes to use for their sexual escapades in the bedroom because you will you are endurance athletes already and then you put extra fat burning on top of that and God knows what y'all are gonna do to a hotel room being Ironman out there and having unending energy. Y'all just need to calm down. Y'all need to summer down now. <laughs> So if you do use it for that, that's your own problem. I, I can't be held liable for the damage to the uh, bedroom. But if you use it in endurance sports, such as out on your bike and swimming and running, you will have amazing results and probably no injuries. And that's really cool stuff. So you get your hands on some Hornet juice. It comes from New Zealand. It tastes really cool. It tastes, it's got this weird taste like uh, grapefruit, kind of. Sometimes I mix it with Diet Coke, which you're terrible for you but i just do it because i like it that much um i even mix it with coffee holy crap what does that do to you and then um also let's see there's a uh there's one more sponsor we need to mention which is uh the you can you can is a super starch which is um a very very slow acting uh carbohydrate so if you want to do something very slow then um, slow acting, you know, like swimming, where you don't want to be stopping constantly for fuel. You can load up ahead of time with the slow acting car carbohydrate, and it takes the edge and the bonk off of things. It's nearly impossible to bonk on uh, you can because you've always got a slow drip, like an IV bag almost. That's probably probably what they wanted. They go, how do we put an IV bag of slow drip sugar on somebody? <laughs> 
And they go, oh, this will do it. So that's basically what UCAN does. And we have a discount code. If you go to UCAN's website, their main website, and use discount code Zentri, Z-E-N-T-R-I, you get 15% off. And UCAN's not cheap, but also it's pretty amazing stuff. And when you need it, you want it. And it is perfect for a whole bunch of things. And uh, so it's nice to have 15% off, right, with discount code Zentri. Are we missing any other? I already talked about Amrita bars a few times. I'm big right now on using Amrita bars um, before my swims. I think I get faster. I feel more power coming on uh, towards the end of my swim. So that's discount code Zen for 15% off. And uh, Amrita Bars has um, a whole bunch of um, really healthy stuff and a whole bunch of cool kit that you can get. Kit you can get. Okay, so that's it for this episode of Zen and Yard of Triathlon. I'm about to go to another sponsor and get a, get a, a free bird's burrito. I say free brew. I don't get them free. The uh, I get some every once in a while. They'll be like, "Man, you look like you need some extra food here. Have a cookie." And I'm like, "Thanks." But uh, Free Birds World Burrito. They're starting to show up all around the United States. I think I want. I heard that one just opened up in Nashville, and they're doing that because I used to live in Nashville. No, they're just doing that because Nashville is a cool town. But yeah, for a few years when I was a little kid, I lived in Franklin, uh, which is a suburb of Nashville. My dad worked on the Vanderbilt Hospital helped build it back in the day, back in the late 70s, I think it was, and early 80s. But anyway, I went to Vanderbilt basketball camp when I was a little kid. Oh, man, visiting my grandparents because my dad's parents lived in Nashville too. Anyway, I think that's it for this episode. Stay tuned for next episode. We're going to have lots more technical details on how to do cool things out there. And progress, I hopefully, as my plantar fasciitis keeps healing up. All right, that's it. Everybody stay safe out there. Work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down. Out. Hey, how would you like to become an endurance monster? Get coached for your next big endurance event by yours truly, Coach Brett from Zentri. For only $1.99 a month, I build you a completely custom triathlon training plan using the industry's gold standard training platform. With Training Peaks, you can easily go online, see what your workouts are, then upload your results seamlessly that very same day. Then I build your next training block based on how you've been doing. I review every single workout and provide comments on what I'm seeing that you've done great and where we need to improve. If you want to get faster, better, stronger, and be able to go longer, don't do it alone. Reach out to me and we can work together with my depth of experience and get you to the finish line as fast as possible. Send me an email, texafornia at gmail.com. That's T-E-X-A-F-O-R-N-I-A, texafornia at gmail.com. And put coaching in the subject line. See you at the start line.